Hashtag SAFMBTH. Well, perhaps um, because it is a temporary um, event that is taking place, uh, but it is also a huge one at that. So that perhaps is the fast tracking of some of um, the um, documents that are required to travel to the country. But then um, maybe some of them have uh, diplomatic passports, which um, would not come with the cumbersome requirements that come for you and I if we were to travel. Um, so at least they don't have to go through all of that. But I do take your point, though, that um, Home Affairs consistently tell us that they are understaffed, and that's the reason why um, some of the processes are so slow. But here for BRICS, it has happened. Anyway, um, let's move over to this conversation. In conversation next um, with um, Michael Posecu, who is a non-resident fellow at the Atlantic Council's Eurasia uh, Center, as we continue to focus on the BRICS Summit, which is about economic cooperation among member states and some of the states that have shown interest in joining the impact of Russia and Ukraine war cannot be ignored. We have seen oil and grain prices go up in the past year as a result of the conflict. What role can BRICS member states play in de-escalating the conflict, especially considering the majority of the states most affected by uh, food prices are in the global south? We are now joined by Michael as I've indicated. Michael, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. I hope that our fellow South Africans have been treating you well. Absolutely well. Um, it isn't my first time here. I was here for the World Cup and a few times before that. Always great hospitality. Have a strong affection for this country. So thanks for having me. And thanks for being back. Okay. The BRICS Summit is taking place um, today. The focus is normally on economic trade. But economic trade also gets affected by conflicts, as we've now seen with the invasion of um, Ukraine by Russia. What role do you think the African, the, sorry, the BRICS member state can play? And are they really capacitated as a BRICS bloc to enter that conversation? Sure. Well, in order to have economic prosperity, you need you need peace. You also need for business people the ability to predict into the future for stability. I have to commend uh, your your government, your president, for taking the lead in sending a delegation of African leaders to Ukraine and Russia recently. And uh, this was something new. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I think it reflects a new kind of strength or self-confidence uh, of South Africa to be... Um, a leader on the continent and to play a bigger role, cast a bigger shadow on the global stage. I think leaders here recognize that um, the uh, Russian war in Ukraine has caused huge disruption to, for example, the exports of wheat and sunflower oil. And these are all things that affect, um, you know, the pocketbook of people across the world, including here in Africa. So um, we hadn't seen really an immediate outcome from uh, that visit, but I did note uh, the president's speech the other day just on the eve of this uh, conference where he said uh, South Africa is keen to for example uh, facilitate the return of Ukrainian children who are forcibly deported to Russia, mm. exchange of prisoners of war which is a confidence building measure and then thirdly and most important, very importantly also is the reopening of the Black Sea Grain Initiative that will get that grain flowing. Yeah, uh, but can, can the BRICS as a block though at the end of this conference have a line in their closing statement that says that as a collective, this is what we see work. Outside of just calling for peace, because I think it goes without saying that yes, there must be peace, but on a tangible basis, what is it that should be done? Do you think that such a statement could come out of here? 
Is it possible at all? Yes, absolutely. And I think it would mean a lot. Um, I think the Russians would hear that loud and clear. And also, it would have the signature, so to speak, of China, which has a lot of influence over uh, Russia at the moment. Look, even if the uh, uh, conference, the bloc, comes out with a statement is an accomplishment, because, you know, if you look at the recent G7, G20, APEC, Fora, a lot of them either come out with very watered-down statements or communiques or none at all. So, uh, as I was telling your CNN chap here uh, a few hours ago, is that maybe BRICS is, we give it the benefit of the doubt, maybe it's going to um, reinterpret or reinvent uh, unilateralism mm. and show other uh, blocks how to do it, how to get things done. That would be a fantastic accomplishment. Yeah. Um, and then also, yet again, the issue around um, the economics and the link between economics as well as politics. And we know that, for instance, the impact that the BRICS, um, sorry, that the Russia invasion of Ukraine has had on South Africa in particular and the increased levels of inequality, but also um, starvation. Yeah. The food crisis. Yeah. It is a big, 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 big concern. Earlier on, I was speaking to Wandi Lesiklobo, who is from um, the agricultural business sector of, of the country. And he speaks about all of the initiatives and the conversations that are taking place. But I wonder whether that conversation should also be including what is happening in Russia. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we're becoming so integrated as a global economy. We found that out big time during COVID. And now we're finding that out when, when conflicts happen, uh, trade flows uh, get interrupted. So it's crucially important that... Um, you know, there's more stability in the world because a lot of the countries that were, for example, importing grain from Ukraine are in very, very rough shape. The World Food Program um, imported about 90% of its uh, grain from Ukraine before the uh, grain corridor collapsed and a lot of that going to this continent. Um, look, I've been talking to a lot of people on the ground since I came here a few days ago and a lot of them complain about the higher cost of living here. These spikes in uh, cooking oil, mm. fish oil, uh, petrol. Uh, and a lot of these uh, commodities, their prices are affected by sparks on the other side of the world. For example, the conflict in Ukraine. So it's really important that uh, that gets solved. And, um, you know, I'm also wondering whether African leaders can have some stronger influence on Mr. Putin to if not resolve this conflict, at least stop bombing the very infrastructure that allows this grain to come to Africa and elsewhere. By the way, speaking of Ukraine and South Africa, there was a time as well where Ukraine was importing your coal mm -hmm. uh, for its power plants. Uh, and I was talking to the Ukrainian ambassador the other day, and she said there's such huge potential for higher trade investment between our two countries. Um, there's a lot of work to be done, but the potential is absolutely immense. So, um, you know, that's something that needs to be talked about yep. as well. And, and, and yes, um, we, we, we can speak about Russia, but there's also the element around um, Ukraine as well and the intention of course of uh, joining of joining NATO which they've said is a sovereign right of this but the concern that is then raised by Russia and Russia being a permanent member of the Security Council China being a permanent member of the Security Council and being part of BRICS what opportunity is there if any at all to have this conversation with some permanent members in the Security Council who are also members of NATO let me answer that very simply. Um, if China wanted, for example, for this war to end tomorrow, 
it could pick up the phone and tell Mr. Putin, and I believe he will do it. That's the immense, I think, influence China has over Russia. Uh, they are the senior partner in that bilateral relationship, but I don't think I also paint them as the senior partner within yep. BRICS. But um, I mean, let's make one thing clear: for Ukraine to become a, mem a NATO member or a member of the EU, it doesn't need uh, Security uh, Council approval. But um, the more diplomatic support it can get, yep. the better. I, I should add one other thing: we're also saying a shift among uh, African votes in the UN General Assembly, you, you talk, you raise the UN, is in 2014 when Crimea was illegally annexed by Russia, uh, there were some African countries that either didn't condemn it or, um, you know, stood more on the side of Russia, stood on the fence. But last year, when the full-scale invasion happened, they were all on the side of the West. And I think that shows that African countries, African yep. leaders, um, really want to put out that message that territorial integrity and sovereignty really matter. Do you think that a phone call from Xi Jinping to Putin will really end the war, considering that last year he had a plan, that he made a proposal? Um, and also called for the end of the war. Yeah, there is a uh, Chinese uh, peace plan that uh, <laughs> didn't didn't go over very well. But I think um, more and more as Russia gets weakened by sanctions, by its isolation, Mr. Putin isn't here, as you know, uh, that uh, China is growing in influence. Uh, China has been buying a lot of energy, a lot of other products from Russia. Uh, it indirectly funds the Putin war machine. But uh, more and more, um, and we should mention India, that Russia cannot uh, survive without uh, India and China buying their products and uh, supporting them. Thank you so much for your time. That is Michael uh, Basakiu, who is a non-resident fellow at the Atlantic Council's Eurasia Center. The Minister of uh, Small Business Development has just joined us. We'll be speaking to her shortly.